Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Smith, and today we have a very special guest with us, Alexander Levine, a national faith leader whose roots are in Israel, and they run deep. Uh, with no further ado, let's let's bring Alexandra up. I, uh, I reached out to her, uh, what, two, three weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, by chance, and... Uh, it, it it worked out. Uh, we're on the same page quite a bit. And uh, running around my home city where I'm from. I'm not there anymore, but uh, that's where I hail from in Maryland. And uh, so you're running around Dundalk and Baltimore and, you know, all the places I grew up as a kid running around playing baseball. And it, it, I was a Sandlot kid back in those days running around that place. So how is it in Maryland these days? Uh, it's interesting. I didn't know what Dundalk was and, um, I'm going to plug someone's name out there. So I, I currently work with Tim Faisenbaker. Tim Faisenbaker ran for Congress in 2020. He's now an elected official, um, in Maryland on the central committee. And he's, um, he lives in, in Dundalk. He lives in, um, what they call Sparrows Point. Yep. Um, he gave shipping yards. Yeah, he gave me a tour of the whole city uh, when I first got there because I had never heard of it. And he showed me the nicer areas and the bad areas, the middle class areas. But, you know, it's it's become my second home and it's hard for me to leave it. And I'm actually not a resident of Maryland. I'm a permanent resident of the state of Florida. I was born and raised. Really? Yeah. So I, I have to go back and forth for my residency. But, you know, I always find myself in Maryland, in D.C. There's a, actually a, there's a lot of events I go to, a lot, a lot of more political events in the Maryland, D.C. area than in Florida. Because um, in Florida, everything is very widespread. Everything is in within three to four to five hours away from each other. But in yeah. Maryland, it's like, you know, maybe a half hour to an hour to two hours away from each other. Hop on that beltway. You're anywhere you want to be. Exactly. So, you know, it was. It, it was very nice to, you know, visit an area that I hadn't been to a long time. Um, I happened to go see the Baltimore Orioles. I hadn't been to an Orioles game in forever. Um, and, you, you know, and both. yeah, it was historic because, you know, they got into the playoffs. Um, so I got to see them play in the playoffs. I was ashamed they didn't make it all the way, but it is what it is. But it was really nice to, to be there for that. And um, yeah, and, and I had so I had a sign waving for Israel on Saturday in Dundalk. Um, on the corners of Merritt Boulevard and Wise in front of I the saw Bull- that. Yeah, you know that area. We were talking about that. My, and- yeah, my daughter was born there. Oh, wow. we, li- we lived on Merritt Boulevard in Dunlong Court, oh, right wow. off of Merritt Boulevard. Yeah. And one of the reasons, you know, why I had a sign waving there is I, I had sign wavings there with Tim when he ran for Congress and when he ran for um, 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 State Dell to get him for Central Committee. And um, it's, they're very safe corners. You know, we had a lot of support. I knew I wasn't going to have protesters or any shenanigans. Um, I would say we had 95 percent support for Israel, which was great. We only had maybe like a couple people that were like free Palestine. But everybody was, you know, honking, you know. You like, actually had people show up with that free Palestine stuff? No, they didn't show up. They were in their cars doing it. Oh, really? I, I know the area very well. And people, uh, that area is not an area where you see, you know, delinquents or vigilantes coming out and, you know, pro- uh, counter protesting. And I was like, and I wasn't even protesting. It was just a sign waving. Right. Um, and some and, people just do that because they're the anti anti. They see you there. So it, it, to them, it's just an opportunity to be ignorant. They, they they wouldn't be able to defend their point of view if they had to. 
Correct. Well, also the police were on our side too. Local police were there as well, just to make sure everything was okay. Um, and you know, and Tim showed up. So if if anybody would have messed with me, you know, like <laughs> me. And his family was there too. He was there with his wife and one of his daughters. So I mean, it's you know, it, it's one of those things where they they say free Palestine, but they don't have the guts to come out and 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 to confront us. So they just drive That's around. Right cars that's that's what they did on their cars and that's fine i'd rather them be in their cars than you know coming out and 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 getting in our faces but it's very scary right now we're living in very scary times people that are jewish such as myself um you know it's like nazi germany all over again but it's it is 20 times worse or i would say it it is because we didn't see elected officials coming out in favor of uh hitler uh, right. We we didn't see we didn't see a congressman and senators and colleges, uh, you know, allowing uh, Nazi rallies. Uh, that I mean, it's abhorrent. I saw a young lady in the uh, University of Washington crying her eyes out, mm. telling this. Uh, I don't. It was an administrator. I'm not sure if it was a president of the university or just someone who worked there. And she's crying to this man, essentially, like they're cheering. They want us dead. Why are you allowing to stop this? And uh, it's sad. These people are, I, you know, I, I, I term them trash. I do it all the time. My buddy makes fun of me because it's the first word that comes out of my mouth. You're trash. Um, I, I don't give sympathy to them. I'm a little more hard nosed. I'm a little more in your face. I'm, I'm that guy. Um, if they want to come out and be the anti-anti, I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to uh, do that with because I will challenge you in as much as you challenge me. Uh, every step you take, I'll, I'll take one as well. These guys need to be confronted. And uh, the only reason I believe that a lot of the stuff that we see happen in the country today happens is because weak people allow it to happen. Cowards. Uh, we allowed them to march down the streets of uh, of New York City unchallenged. Now I saw other videos where that didn't happen, uh, where they were ripping down signs and, and posters of missing children, and they were confronted uh, by New Yorkers. The New Yorkers I remember growing up around anyway. The guys that were, you know, they were true, legit New Yorkers. We've We have flooded our country with so much uh, immigration. To the, so much so that no one has a chance to acclimate. They they come here and they don't come here to be American at all. They come here to be wherever it is they just left. And they come here with those ideas. And this is one of the reasons I feel as though that our, our culture is changing to the degree it is. And it's not well. It's not going good at, at all. Um, and this is one of the biggest indicators of that. You have groups like Black Lives Matter who supposedly stood for an anti, you know, they were an anti-racist group. They were against racism. But when this kicked off, they sided with Hamas putting out a post in solidarity, showing a man perishing, uh, you know, just, just you've lost all any moral upper hand that you ever had. You, you have, you, you know, everything that you ever stood for now, throw it in the trash because you're a hypocrite now. Your 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 organization is is openly hypocritical. Uh, I, I and I don't. How do you see any of these? I mean, have you seen the posts? Have you? 
Yeah. I mean, I've seen all of them. I have posted them. I've reposted them. And the funny thing is, is I think one of like the BLM leaders, he just came out endorsing president Trump for president. That's right. And J six standing with the J six. Yeah. Waking up. Right. Well, I have my, my opinions and my take on that. Cause remember when David Duke, you know, endorsed president Trump, it was like this whole thing, you know, and they're like, Oh my God have a KKK member endorsing President Trump. And he's like, look, I, I can't control who endorses me. Does that mean That's I support right. them? Does that mean I support their act? Heck no. And I don't think, I don't speak for President Trump, but I don't think that he supports what the BLM movement did, what the BLM nope. does. And I can tell you for a fact, he does not support um, any organization that endorses and supports Hamas. President Trump is the most pro-Israel president we've ever had in the history of our nation. Ever. He has ever. so much in helping the Jewish people. And I actually work with an organization called Jexit Inc., which stands for Jews Jexiting the Democratic Party. And also it talks about combating anti-Semitism. And my organization or our organization. Can we can tell us about that organization? What's the name yeah. of it again? Yeah. So it's called Jexit Inc., J-E-X-I-T. Uh, mm-hmm. INC. Um, so I, 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 I um, worked with my president, uh, Michelle Lubinteris, uh, down in Florida uh, when they first got started. And uh, we put our uh, we put our, our very first rally together in May 2019 when we became Jexit Inc. We became the organization and we stood on the on. Um, we literally stood on the hills of Capitol Hill and we called out the squad. Um, we called out a lot of these Democrats that were um, support speech. And we called out a lot of these, um, or excuse me, called, the reason we called out the squad is we called out their anti-Semitism. We called out Rashida Tlaib. We called out Ilhan Omar. I, I personally gave a 14-minute speech calling for the removal of these women from their committees and from Congress. So mm-hmm. Jexit actually, so Jexit did do the job. We did do the job because we got Ilhan Omar out of one of her committees, the House Judiciary Committee, or excuse me, not the House, I'm sorry, the House Foreign Affairs Committee, hello. But the, the point is that the, the Congress should have removed all of them from their committees. Yep. And and what happened was, you know, the Democrats were in control at the time. They took Mary, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They removed her from all of her committees. Nancy Pelosi no. removed her from all of her committees. But the because but, she's pro-American. Right. But they still have not removed Rashida Tlaib from all of her committees. They have not removed AOC from all of her committees. They have not removed Ilhan Omar from all of her committees. And that's not right. I, you know, I, I'm more optimistic about this new speaker than Kevin McCarthy. I really oh, hope yeah. speaker Mike Johnson, you know, really cracks down and and removes, you know, these women off their committees because they're dangerous. They and are I dangerous. That I mean, that you cannot impeach a congresswoman or a congressman. It's not in our constitution. You, know, you can expel them. You can expel them and they need to be expelled or you can try them for treason. And you and, can censure them as well in yes, the meantime. Which is what Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is, is trying to do. And she put that resolution to the floor and God bless her for that. Um, but there needs to be more done. I mean, the, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar are un-American. They're un-American, but, they, but when you run for Congress, one of, your, the, one of the biggest criteria to run for Congress is you must work with your biggest ally, Israel. You must support them. You must defend them. You must um, sign off aid for them. You must work with them. And, and the fact that these congresswomen are working against our biggest ally, Israel, and working with the terrorists, it was proven that Rashida Tlaib was getting money from Hamas and that uh, Hamas was actually funding her 2018 uh, congressional campaign. Exactly. That, like that needs to be blown up. That needs to be like front page news. And the fact that this woman is still in office, the fact that that 
her constituents keep voting her in, and a lot of them are Jewish constituents. And I really help. Doesn't them. that hurt your head? Yeah, that yeah, that's asinine to me. That's I mean, asinine. that's like the the queers for Palestine signs I see. I mean, it just God doesn't make sense. Do you realize they would they would murder you just as soon as look at you? Right. And in in these in in the Jewish people that were dancing. What they called they called it uh, Jews for Peace or something like yeah. that, but it, it was it's an anti-Israeli movement full of people who are Jewish. Yeah, I, I'm I'm aware of them. I've seen them. Wow. In I've seen them. You know, protests. You know, the supporting uh, uh, that Israel is an apartheid state and all this crap. There, a lot of these groups are bought and paid for. A lot of these groups, like BLM, for example, were orchestrated by George Soros. George Soros pays a lot of these organizations. And a lot of these student groups, these, stu these pro-Palestinian uh, groups um, on college campuses are also bought and paid for by George Soros. Yeah, well. they wouldn't have the time uh, to be able to uh, sit out there and, and picket and protest and do the things that they do uh, less they were paid by the open society foundation. And it's, we, this happened as well uh, with uh, the uh, occupy wall street movement. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of people that were out there and people were like, well, how in the hell is it possible? All these people have no jobs and um, they, they're able just to be out here just protesting for days and days and days. Well, they were getting paid to be there out there protesting for days and days and days. Um, Moon.org was another organization that was said to have ties uh, to Soros as well, who backed the Obama's campaign talking about a friend of the Palestinians and not just a, you know, PLO uh, was a very big backer, a friend of Obama's. Uh, if you remember when he was running for president, he, he went to a dinner in LA with the PLO and uh, the LA had pictures of it when they requested the pictures uh, of Obama at this event uh, they refused to give the pictures up until after uh, the election uh, let me see if I can actually find those pictures while we're here as well yeah, also I'd, you know I'd like to show remember that um, Obama brought in you know the Muslim Brotherhood into the White House and he got rid of Husni Mubarak and Gaddafi and all of these leaders that had been in power for 40 years that didn't do any harm to Israel. They left Israel alone. But what he did by getting rid of Husni Mubarak is he opened up the vacuum for ISIS. And now ISIS is stronger now than ever before. Yeah, he created a power vacuum. Right. And the Taliban is, is the strongest that it's ever been. And that's why I, I challenge all of these students that are supporting Hamas. You know, why don't you go to Lebanon, go to Iran, go to Iraq, go to Afghanistan, hang out with the terrorists. See if they'll, if they, if, if you get, if they get along with you, see, see if everything is hunky dory. I, I think you'll get a very different perspective once you're there and you're in, and, and you are in front of them. When virtue signaling rubber heats, hits the road yeah. and you realize that you stand for nothing and that you stand for is putting yourself in chains or oppressing yourself. And you don't even realize this is what you're doing. You're just doing what's in style what right. the people around you are doing what, what all your friends are doing. Um, it, <laughs> they don't stand with Hamas that they will end up dead. And that's, I, that's the underlining meaning of it because mm -hmm. Hamas, the, the, the leaders of Hamas, they paid these Hamas militants to kill innocent Jews. They paid them $10,000 per kill. Plus they gave them an apartment. 
every time they killed. And the Hamas mili military said, no mercy, show no mercy. I don't care if the, if the, if the women and children are crying and they, they're, they're like, please don't hurt us, please. You shoot to kill, you do whatever you, 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 you do whatever you can. We are actually going against our religion. And there was one um, Hamas militant who, who was in the interrogation room and he said, we actually are going against our religion because the religion states that, you know, we show mercy to women and to babies, but the Hamas military is very different. They're like, just kill, 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 kill. And the more you kill, the more money we'll give you, the more apartments we'll give you. And that's what they did. That's crazy. The, the, um, the, the, the only religion that I know of that exists on face on the face of earth at all um that that the the idea behind it is that everyone uh must believe what they believe or else in this term infidel there i think one of the scripture or i don't know if they call them scriptures or that sort of thing but one of the readings i guess muhammad wrote a book outside of the quran they were just sayings of muhammad and one of them were um that if you walk down the street and pass an infidel a non-believer you're to smite him on his throat until he's dead so Essentially, this this is what they they this is that jihad. Now I know that there's radical uh, sects of each and every religion, no matter which one you're in. Um, but this is this is kind of the the excuse that a lot of these guys have that are on the more radical side of Islam. I know Muslims today. Um, I have a few friends that are Muslim, and I I don't see any of that rhetoric. The people who have um, we, we fundamentally believe completely different things. I'm a Christian um, and they not being Christian believe Jesus is a prophet and that sort of thing. I don't believe in forcing people to believe what I, what I believe right. uh, that's your choice. Yeah. Uh, I think anyone who forces someone to believe in God, first of all, you're missing the point. That's a, that choice is made out of love. <laughs> it's not made because you forced me to do it. Um, but so, I look for what we have in common and a lot of the, a lot of the traits like values uh, we do have in common. A lot of the family values and that sort of thing uh, are threads that at least we can, that run through Judaism, Christianity, which is rooted in Judaism, uh, Islam, uh, you know, the main fundamental things, don't lie, don't kill, respect your mom and dad, uh, the, the basics, the basics. Well, I was going to make the point, the fact that the Hamas military, you know, doesn't go by their religion, it, you know, they're atheists at that point. They don't believe in God. They're, these are not humans. These are animals. These are people that, you know, at that moment, religion goes out the window. Yeah. And Bernie Sanders, as we know, is a known atheist. And there's a lot of, you know, very far left socialist people that are atheists. George Soros, he was born Jewish, but he does everything the opposite of being Jewish. This is like Karl Marx was the same <laughs> way. I mean, born born uh, into a, a house of faith, and then you know, college messed. Up. Um, and anyone who's read his story knows these guys are taking the playbook, the Karl <laughs> Marx playbook, and they're page at a time, and they're doing it right now. That's exactly what they're doing. Get rid of God out of society. Get rid of the roles. So yep. mom and dad go away. Birthing people uh, right. are there. Men are, or you can be anything you want. You can be a man and still be pregnant. All of these things, whether or not this is what you subscribe, I'm nobody that's going to tell you that's what you can and can't do. I only ask that you don't make me play along with whatever it is that you got going on. Right. That's it. 
<laughs> that's that's the only thing we can ask in America. Yeah. Right. And and then the social standards will remain constant, such as that is the women's bathroom. So for the reason that is the women's bathroom, we do need to define what that is. And right. so it, it's that simple. And they know it's controversial, but the idea is not to uh, bring us together and be a peaceful coexisting group of people. It is to cause chaos, tear down, destroy, upend the value system and replace it with something altogether different. And that's what they're doing. That's what Karl Marx taught. This was, this was his whole idea. So first you have to break a society to a point where they need you. And one of the thing, one thing Karl Marx did was he took a chicken and he would pluck the feathers out of the chicken and he would hurt it and he would throw food down and the chicken would follow him. And no matter how bad he hurt the chicken, chicken, as long as he was throwing food down, the chicken would follow him. Mm-hmm. And he, and he, he likened this to people and he said, they'll do the same thing. They will do the same thing. Um, it, it's amazing to me like what we're, I talked about this the other day, Hollywood. Uh, a lot of people say, well, there's a lot of Jewish, uh, uh, in Hollywood, a lot of Jewish uh, uh, directors, whatever it is, like Hollywood is a lot of Jews, right? Supposedly, this is this has always been said. But at the same time, a lot of the rhetoric that we hear, um, it's coming from Hollywood. It's coming from people that you would term to be in your own community. Wouldn't you think they would love Israel, that they would want to stand up for the Holy Land? I, I, I'd really like to understand this thinking that just kind of uh, it just neglects their own people. I mean, what, do you understand where this stems from? What what are they actually trying to do? What do they believe? Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of it has to do with the more you don't have God in your life, the more you don't observe your religion, mm-hmm. the more you become power hungry and you become power driven. And that's what selfishness. It's, that's what it's about. And and also a lot of it is generational, you know, um, people for, you know, people think that we are in the, um, how do I say this? I, I, I blanked on what I was going to say, but, but people think that the, the Jews, uh, of, um, FD, uh, yeah, th- sorry, not the Jews. I'm sorry. The democratic party of FDR, JFK and Harry Truman is still here, but what they need to understand is it's not <laughs> a very different party. It is very, very, very different than what we have today. The Democrats very much so. today is, is so um, anti-Israel, it's, it's insane. It's very insane. And a lot of it has to do with oil, with power, with money. A lot of these Democrats make, a, make deals with the devil. You know, they make deals with Iran, they make deals with Iraq, they make deals with, with, with um, uh, a lot of Muslim countries for oil. It's, a lot of it is for oil. And that's why it was not only $6 billion that Biden gave to Iran. We found that it was $60 billion that Biden gave to Iran. Oh, back, back that up. How, what was it? 60? You say 6D? It, it, they, they reported that he gave $6 billion to Iran. Which, right. Right. But actually, the, the, the former DNI director, John Radcliffe, he went on uh, Maria Bartiromo's show and said it was $60 billion Six, hmm. because of the oil. Oh, okay. Okay. So he, he, by, by removing sanctions, opened it up to them to make uh, much more money. Well, I, I know that uh, Obama had made many statements to the effect that he just kind of wanted to level the playing field yes. in the Middle East. So he yes. wanted to equally arm the Islamic states uh, so that they had a fighting chance against Israel. And that's, um, that's Shia versus Sunni uh, type of stuff as well. Um, I mean, that's been going on for centuries. But yeah, I mean, you know, he, they put him in, I mean, 
he's a Mancurian candidate, just like just like Biden is. And they mm -hmm. they put him in here and nobody saw it coming. He came oh, out. I and, did. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of mystery to the man. Um, and yeah, and, 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 you know, he worked with the Nation of Islam, which is uh, uh, funded by um, or not, not funded. Founded he by went to um, the Trinity Christian Church out of Chicago uh, was pastored by Jeremiah Wright. And right. they black, they practice something called black liberal theology. Correct. It's a fancy name for Islam. Right. Um, it's the front. It fronts as if it's a Christian church, but it's really not right. a, a Christian church. <laughs> Farrakhan is uh, they gave awards to uh, like Louis Farrakhan. Right. Uh, they gave Louis Farrakhan an award for uh, Man of the Year. But, right. But Louis Farrakhan has taught Obama and many of these other, you know, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas people how to speak. So it sounds really good to mm -hmm. be ignorant. And when you know, when when Louis Farrakhan calls Jews termites and he calls us vermin. You know, it's the way that he says it and it gets people really interested. And, and, and he he finds a way to manipulate the mind of the of the uh, of the unknown and and, 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 and and put trigger words in people's minds. So they're like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. The Jew is like this. The Jew is like this. The Jew is like this, just like Hitler did. And then and he tries to say that that they are the real Jews, from my understanding, that the Jews that currently exist in Israel today are actually Europeans Correct. and have replaced them who were the original Jews. Um, I mean, I, and you're right. He, he hides a lot of facts and the things that he says, but it, it does highlight the hypocrisy of some on the left. If you're familiar with Candace Owens, she likes to give uh, a, a specific stat quite a bit where she talks about the fatherless rate in the black and how from how it went from in the 70s to where it is today and that links directly with the overwhelming amount of crime and prison incarceration and in the black household because they don't have fathers at home now when candace made these statements uh it would they termed her racist of course go uh to lewis farrakhan who said the same exact thing and they cheered him um uh, so yeah i mean you're right. They'll get they'll get somebody in there that that takes what we call malinformation, right? So they'll mix truth in with their lies is 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 the way to indoctrinate, fool, manipulate people uh, into believing that everything else they said was true because they started off with something true, and then they manipulated the facts to their own ends. Yeah, but what and Louis Farrakhan says about Jewish people is not true, but he he makes it sound he makes it sound. Yeah. Good that it's true. Makes it sound like he's got facts to to back right. it up, and he and he really doesn't. Right, he doesn't. And, and he he really doesn't. The Jewish people are bar none the most oppressed, attacked people in history. Yep. In history, we're we're going all the way back. You uh, see, it, it and it it never has never stopped. Mm -hmm. It has never stopped. Um, and the point that I want to make is, you know, Jewish people we're very peaceful people. You know, we don't like to fight. We don't want to go to war. We've We've been through it. All all Jewish people want in this world is to have peace. Mm -hmm. And 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 people forget, you know, there's two million Arab Israelis that live in Israel. The Israelis give the Arab the opportunity to obtain Israeli citizenship and also to work there and to live in Israel. It is not the same way the other way around. Jews nope. cannot Syria and obtain citizenship in Syria. Jews cannot live in Lebanon and obtain uh, citizenship in Lebanon. It doesn't. It, it doesn't work. 
it, it, it and, and Saudi Arabia too. Jews can't obtain citizenship in Saudi Arabia and live in Saudi Arabia. So people need to understand that. You know, people need to understand that. And the Arab Israelis that that live in Israel, they love the Israelis. They love working with the Israelis. They work with the Christians as well. Go ahead. Sorry about that. A little technical oh. difficulty. Oh, it's okay. So, we should, I so we're we were talking about how Jews don't have freedom, uh, the same freedom they afford to other people that would come right. and, so, and live yeah. so, in their midst. Yeah. Is, is that you know the Jewish people are very peaceful people. They allow the Arabs to come into their country to obtain citizenship and obtain businesses, and it's not the other way around. And and the Arab Israelis, there's two million Arab Israelis that live in Israel. They love the Israelis. They love working mm-hmm. with the Christians. They love. I saw all the interviews. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I mean, I was friends with Arab Israelis when I was there. I worked with them. I didn't feel unsafe, and I had Arab Israeli cab drivers, taxi drivers. So and, let me give you a little story. I, I, you know who Prager U is, right? You ever yeah. see their videos of Prager U? I love Dennis Prager. He's, he's a great guy. And uh, the, they did a, a, a collage, like a bunch uh, uh, of these interviews of people, of Israeli, excuse me, of Arabs living in Israel. Mm-hmm. Hey, do, are, do you, are you oppressed? How's your job? What are your neighbors like? Do your kids like it here? All of the, all of the, you know, the basic questions and they were all, these are great people. We, we raise our family. It's a good community. We make good money, all of these things. And then in the middle of the interview, they got someone who just moved to Israel. Now this person was an Arab and she was college educated and she couldn't help, but tell you like to tout her, uh, how educated she was. She, she came on telling you what diplomas or degrees she had and she was the only one that found oppression in the midst of no oppression. Mm-hmm. The only one. And it was a telltale sign. But I, as I posted this, I posted this on Facebook. I posted it on Twitter, posted it on TikTok. This video, the same place everywhere. Everyone with the exception of Twitter uh, took it down. Hmm. And and they called it, they, they, I, I forget what they termed it, just said community guidelines. Nothing. Nothing in this video was violent or anything. It just seems like they don't want the narrative out. They don't want they don't want to to paint these guys in a good light. Uh, you know, and they don't want people to see the Jewish people as a people of peace. They want to believe this is a territorial conflict that took place with Hamas attacking Israel and killing innocent people. And correct if I'm wrong, the Jews gave back uh the Gaza Strip in 2005. Correct. And the West Bank, uh, they offered 90% of the West Bank back to the Palestinians. And they said no. And I believe the 10% that Israel wanted to keep was just so that the land on the other side of it was defensible based on their history of having to constantly deal with a barrage of rocket fire and and other things. Um, And their charter, Hamas, Hamas's charter, calls for the extermination of all Jews everywhere. It has nothing to do with where you live, has nothing to do with Israel versus Gaza versus any of these things. Am I wrong in any of that? No, you're 100% correct. I mean, me as a Jewish person, when I lived in Israel, um, and I, I, I've i been to Israel twice. So I went when I was 18, I did a birthright, which is a free trip to Israel. It's a 10-day free trip. And then I lived there in my um, a few years later. How do I get this free trip? <laughs> well, you have to be, well, you have to be Jewish. Um, but there's, there's other, there's, there's other organizations that will, um, that will take you uh, to Israel as well, where you don't have to be. I'll, I'll wait right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I'll wait right now. And people say, well, if you love them so much, why don't you go fight for them? You know what? In 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 the real, I gave them two two answers to this question when I've come across people like this. Uh, one, if you tell me what a woman is, then I'll answer your question. <laughs> well, two, I'll be honest, <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I'll say for the record, um, you know, when this happened, you know, it 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 really it shook me to my core because. Um, my, my family literally built Israel. I'm a direct descendant of a, of a prime minister of Israel. Moshe Shabbat, who was the second prime minister of Israel, is my relative. Mm -hmm. And my family built Tiberius as well. So, you know, this, this touched my heart. And I felt yeah. that me as a Jew, someone whose family built Israel, should, should volunteer and go over there and pick up a gun and fight. And my mm -hmm. father felt the same way. My father wanted to go and be trained as a sniper. So he and I were like, we were getting ready to get on a plane and go. We really were. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, I understand. You know, the, I don't think you'll have to go pretty far if it keeps <laughs> like this in the United States. You you you'll be able to fight right here for Israel. Yeah, that's, um, true. that's it, true. That's what I'm doing right now. And and people need to understand. You know, we have an open border, and we have Hamas pockets of Hamas and pockets of of terrorists that are flooding into our in, in, into the United States. That's right. Sorry, <laughs> somebody was calling me. So uh, there was a to call me during this time. That's all right. It's all right. But let me yeah. ask you a question and I want to get well, your take on this. So sorry, and I've, I've used this. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, I just want to finish my point. So people understand that we have pockets of Hamas here in the United States. We have an organization called CARE, which is nationwide, which is run and organized by Hamas and Islamic Jihad. And you have hotels like the Hilton Hotel and the Marriott Hotel, which are hosting CARE in some of their hotels. And again, these are people that are run and controlled by Hamas and Islamic Jihad. And also the squad speaks at all these care events as well. So I challenged the, I, and I actually, I, I called one of the hotels that was gonna have care there and they canceled the event when they found out who they were because why would anybody wanna patronize your hotel when you have an organization that works with terrorists at your hotel? Yeah, it's, how many times have we, like, we just recently went through this pandemic where we took Uncle Ben's off the shelf. We took all these things off of our grocery shelves that we termed to be racist. I mean, we were, everything was, you know, everybody was virtue signaling and against racism. And, and it just seems that when it comes to certain uh, groups of people or certain nationalities, it's, it's okay for some reason. Uh, it, it, you know, white men, Christians uh straight men and and jewish people are, are you know those are targets and people they're, they're, it's open season no one no you can get away with saying anything you want about any one of those groups but i had a question for you when it comes to the second amendment because mm -hmm. i feel very strongly Me about too. this only two percent of people of the people in israel uh actually own firearms two percent when i found out that statistic the other day it just about floored me and I believe with all my heart, one of the biggest reasons Hamas was able to succeed to the level that it was when they when they raided, uh, when they invaded uh, Israel is because of that stat right there. How do you feel about that? Well, I've talked to a lot of my Second Amendment friends in Texas about this and in Florida. And the thing is, is Israel gives the people the right if they want to obtain a firearm or not. Mm hmm. Keep in mind, when people are in Israel, it is mandated to serve in the IDF at the age of eight and women for three years. Oh, it's three. I thought it was two. No, it's three years. Okay. I think we should do that here too. Well, <laughs> well, we had a lottery, but I mean, back in the day, we, we were, we were mandated back in the day, but not anymore. But, um, 
uh, anyway, so the so the majority of the Israelis they know how to shoot. They they mm -hmm. know how to defend themselves. They either learn Krav Maga, which is Israeli self defense, or they can kill somebody with a knife, or you know if they had you know some type of a little bit of a handgun or something, you know they would be the, able. To your martial arts over there is no joke. I've seen it demonstrated that Krav Maga. Yeah, uh, no that's Krav Maga. that's some serious business. Yeah, I mean I worked with the IDF. They taught me Krav Maga, so I know it very well. But, you know, it's, it's up to the people at that point if they want to obtain a firearm or not. It is their right if they want to obtain the firearm or not. Um, and also so it's not by fiat. It's, it's not by uh, any law or anything like that that keeps them actually from possessing a firearm. It's because they don't want to. Right. Exactly. But but also the, the, the prime minister of Israel has encouraged people that live in high risk areas like Sederot, Ashdod, Ashkelon. Those were the areas that were people were murdered. He does encourage those people to obtain a firearm. So if if they if they didn't, you know, that is their right. That is their right. But the prime minister says if you live in very high risk areas, he does recommend it. But also, you know, people died, you know, in their sleep. I mean, they 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 were burned in their in their sleep or and some people were burned alive. Also, uh, what the media doesn't tell you is that at the rave, there was a bunch of um, Hamas militants that were dressed up as IDF soldiers, and they all speak Hebrew. And, and somebody's coming in with, you know, wearing an IDF soldier, you assume it's, it's your people, and right. find out too late, you know, they, they shoot you right then and there, no mercy. Um, so that, that's what happened. You know, uh, this was plotted and planned for years. Uh, the, the, the Arabs have created underground. Um, uh, um, they have a tunnel network in Gaza. Yeah, I heard about this. And I heard their biggest uh, base is actually located in the largest hospital yes. in Gaza. Yes, that is correct. And it was and, and, and you know, people were, were crapping on Israel for, for um, bombing that the oldest church. But that's where one of the underground tunnels were was in that church. And, and when you, you have to like, you have to understand why does Hamas have underground tunnels in churches and in hospitals? Gee, because if God forbid the Israelis accidentally, you know, they, 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 they bomb, you know, they dropped a bomb or a, a, a rocket and they kill innocent, you know, uh, civilians, the Israelis are the bad ones. But what people need to understand is that Hamas purposefully puts their people in harm's way. They exactly. They use children and pregnant Propaganda. And shields. They strap bombs on three-year-olds. They strap bombs on pregnant women and tell them, do it because you're going to be a martyr. Do it in the name of uh, Allah. They say Allahu Akbar and they blow up innocent uh, Jews and innocent people. No longer than an hour ago, standing about right here, my grandson heard me discussing some of these things. Yeah. Um, and he's he's barely eight years old. Yeah. And he said to me, he said, pop up. He says, why do why do they have to kill you know kids and and these types of things? Why don't they just fight the men? And I had to explain to him, uh, you know, that they hide behind the children, right? And and they and they and they shoot from behind children, and sometimes it's war. And I don't mince words. I don't shelter him because I don't want anyone else indoctrinating him. So I tell him, I said, if if I'm shooting a rocket from behind you at thousands of people. And I can kill thousands of people or does someone have to kill uh, that person? And, 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 and by way of going after that individual, um, you know, children die. And I said, this is war, buddy. And it's sad. And, and it's just the way it is. And, and it sucks. And I, and I know how you look at it. We all feel that way. But it's war. And I think people forget that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you're right. You are completely right about that. I'm glad, excuse me, that, you know, you, you're a great father and you educated your child and what's going on because a lot of people don't. And uh, I encourage any parent to take their child, especially at a young age, six, seven, eight years old, to a Holocaust museum. I was seven years old when I went to the Holocaust Museum in D.C., which is one of the most graphic um, footages of the Holocaust. There's actually real life footage in that museum. And that made me the person I am today. It made me a stronger person because you can't dispute. I'll leave and come back. There you are. Uh, I don't I don't know why it I, it's never done that before ever. Oh, yeah, it could be where my area is not the best. I live in a very old building, so sometimes the the internet cuts out a little bit. I'm sorry about it's that. all right. So we were talking about people educating their kids oh, yeah. about not about this, and you were speaking. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so this is really important. So I've advocated for elementary schools, middle schools, high schools to take their students to Holocaust museums. Mm -hmm. And I was seven years old when I went to the Holocaust Museum in D.C., which is an extremely graphic museum. It has real-life footage of the Holocaust, and it made me the woman that I am today because you can't dispute tyranny like that. You you can't dispute facts. And and that's my family up there. And when you get into the Holocaust Museum in DC, they give you a card of a person. Uh, it could be a, a man or a woman, you don't know. And at the end of the museum, you find out if the person on your card lived or if they died. And you basically take that journey with that person while you're going through the museum. It's kind of like you were there. And I mean, I had nightmares for five, six years after I went to that museum, but you know, it, it, it makes you not, it makes you be proud of your Judaism. It makes you proud right. of who you are. It makes you proud that we went through this horrendous, this heinous period of history. And now we have an Israel and a lot of people hate us because we have an Israel. A lot of people hate us because we exist. And it's, it's really sad. Cause like I said earlier, Jewish people are very peaceful people. We don't proselytize. We don't push. We don't pressure. We just want to live in peace because we've lived in hell for so long and we, we lost six and a half plus million Jews in the Holocaust. We as Jewish people have not, be, have not been able to multiply or quadruply or, or quadruply, I just made that word up, quadruple, <laughs> hello. We haven't been able to, to double our numbers, quadruple our numbers, you know, since that moment. And there's only 15 and a half to 16 million Jews. Now there's less because of this attack. There's no so Jews in the world. My the statistic that I understand that I heard in the 1500 that were killed at that time, I think the number was at 1500 mm -hmm. at that time. And someone likened it. They said, uh, first of all, so people understand Israel is about the size of New Jersey. Correct. Right. And 1500 people to, to have killed 1500 people would be the equivalent in the United States of killing 50,000. Correct. And that was the most of a killing in one day since the Holocaust. And I mean, and to continue with the, with the history lesson, I, 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 I want to continue that. And I want to ask you a few questions about some of the, I want to dispel some myths mm -hmm. that the Palestinians use to try to uh, quantify the fact that they are oppressed by the Jewish people. So before I get into that, um, can you, and I'm sure, you know, but do you know where the, where the, uh, name Palestine came from? Just so people understand that, you know, they try to say Palestine preexisted Israel and, and, and these sorts of things. So I, I want, I want, I want people to understand that's not true, but I want them to understand why. Yeah. I mean, it was the name of the territory. They called the territory Palestine. It was never for the Arabs. It was a territory. And then 
we had and then we had wars and then we had um Israel becoming a state in 1948. So this was actually because I was in a show called Argolda, which was a, a precursor to it was a, a life of Golda Meir. Golda Meir was the prime minister of Israel during the 1973 war, the Yom Kippur War. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they sing the song. I, there was a song in the play. Uh, my Our place is Palestine. Our place is Palestine. Our place is Palestine. Again, Palestine, the word Palestine, um, is actually a name, a name in history. It's a name in Jew in, in Judeo history. That was it was it was a territorial name for the land. Until later on, it became the land of Israel. Does so, that make sense? So, and this is the way I understand as well. And this is and this may fill in some of the gaps of, of what you were what you just said. And correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I, I and I got this little history lesson uh, from Ben Shapiro. So just to give props where they're they're deserved um he said on his show that he talked about there was a, a roman emperor uh that came in and changed the name from judea and when he did he changed it to the name syria de, uh, syria de palestina which later on they shortened to palestine and that's where that name came from and so it didn't actually predate at all uh Israel, because Israel was established after you guys ousted the Canaanites when when God brought you into the land. And there is no, uh, as far as I understand, no ethnical Canaanites today. There, nobody even knows who they were. So there yeah, is no the claim to the land. That's the, the Canaanites were the Jews. The Canaanites were always the Jews. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham was our our prophet that was the founder of Judaism and he lived in the land of Can in Canaan. Sure. But when they go, when they went to, when they went to Egypt for that time, before they came back, when they left Canaan and uh, the brothers tricked uh, Joseph and he falls down the well, he gets sold into slavery. That whole thing takes place. And then when they come back, you know, years later, when Moses brings everyone back, the, uh, in uh, the book of numbers, God sends 12, spies into uh canaan to go to check out the land and they come back and they tell them that they're the size of grasshoppers uh to the people that they see over there so they're very large in stature these men whoever occupy the land those are the people that they end up uh that they end up expelling from but you're right you know what i never considered that they were there before they left and they just came back right we were always there and like I said, the name Palestine was the territory. It was, it was the original. It, it, they named it later, but the land was always called the land of Canaan, which became the territory of Palestine. It is not a land for the, for the Palestinian Arabs. That is something that the Palestinian Arabs made up. And that is, the, that, that is where the history is so messed up. But sure. that land has been Jude Jewish land since Abraham, since Isaac, since Jacob, since Joseph. That is the that is the land of the Jews until Moses came and we got the Ten Commandments and 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 all that. But that that land has always been Jewish land, even before even before hmm. the war took place. That has always been Jewish land. Yeah, I never considered the fact that they left there to come uh, back to it. Yeah. That was the part that I, that I was skipping yeah. over. Okay. And then makes complete went, sense. And then during Moses's time, we were in Egypt and we fled to, to we went from slavery to freedom. Uh, we, we walked, you know, for, for, for years, for, for many, many, many years. 
So um, now here's okay. here's the question I have for you, and you may be able to clear this up for me because I, I listen to a I listen to a lot of the rhetoric from both sides. I I always like to be. They say to be forewarned is to be forearmed. So I listen to their arguments so that I can research their arguments and and dispel them. But in in Palestine, uh, there in Gaza, there they they there are two different types of license plates that one can get. One being blue, one being green. And a Palestinian license plate is, is is a different color, and then I'm told that there are places that anyone with a, that kind of plate can't go, and this is part of the reason why they say that the Jews oppress them and and this sort of thing. But don't the PLA or or the uh, Palestinian Authority uh, decide such things? Yes, that is correct. But also, again. As I said to you before, there are Gazans that work in Israel. There are Gazans that go back and forth. You know, they 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 go from Israel to Gaza and Gaza to yeah, Israel to Gaza, Gaza to Israel. Not okay. the other Israelis don't go into Gaza. I mean, well, excuse me. Before before 2005, we had Jews in Gaza, and then after 2005, we didn't. But the 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 Gazian the 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 the, the Arabs that lived in Gaza. Um, they had to have special um, papers and 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 uh, uh, a special visa to go in, into Israel to work. And they had to go through they had to two go through two military checkpoints, correct? In order to get in in order to get into into Israel. And, and I think that anyone that has any common sense at all would see the amount of rocket fire and right. they they put bombs on these say, balloons and send them over. Right, but people are saying, how are all these? How did all these Hamas militants? you know, cross over the border, the border is so secure. Again, mm. let me repeat. I was going to get there. People. Well, I'm, I, I want to educate people on this. <laughs> Again, the Hamas militants dressed up as IDF soldiers, they faked their paperwork. That is mm. one of the reasons how they got through. They're yeah, notorious for they, there's, there's a lot of rhetoric, a lot of uh, propaganda floating around the internet right now about, uh, warnings being ignored uh intel bad intelligence and these sorts of things they're they're trying to throw bb under the bus yep of course and, and trying to say essentially that that uh israel created hamas or, yeah no I think it, was it was it yeah it's either was it Mossad or was it just saying israel but anyway they they wonder they're saying that hamas was created but so what do you know about that statement i would love to dispel this one this is not one that i've 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 wanted to talk to someone in the know more so than i about this so uh, can you shed any light on that yeah that that's absolutely not true israel never created hamas but no they no 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 what happened was when the jews pulled out of of gaza uh, Mahmoud Abbas, who's the head of the PLO, he was supposed to take that land and make it better. He was supposed to uh, take the money and use it for infrastructure and use it to give the Palestinian people like a great life. And what happened was, unfortunately, they had an election and and, and <laughs> organization Hamas was they built up themselves and they and they recruited people and they had an election. And unfortunately, and Hamas took over that entire land and it turned it into a training camp for militants, from my understanding. Right. And let me and, and let me educate the people on this. So Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, he's the well, Prime Minister Netanyahu who was not the prime minister at the time. He was uh, the finance minister. He was the only one in the Knesset 
that voted no to pull the Jews out of Gaza because he knew that it was going to open up this vacuum for Hamas. Yeah, he knew it. And that's why he stepped down as the finance minister. And, you know, people say, you know, Errol Sharon had to had, you know, he had great intentions. He formed a third party called Kadima. But but Lakud is is the party that that is in power right now. Nanya, who never gave never never uh, went away from Lakud, they never really gave up their power. They're more they're more capitalist now. They're the most capitalist part of the party, uh, of sorry, the parliamentarian system. They um, have sixteen parties in Israel, from my understanding, correct? There are sixteen different political the parliamentarian system, and Lakud runs is the head of the system, and and Netanyahu never got rid of Lakud. And 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 they knew by by forming Kadima and by pulling the Jews out, Netanyahu knew it was going to open up a big vacuum to a lot of problems, which, as we see, you know, did actually was right. Yeah, yeah. Now, Ariel Sharon got a lot of the uh, accolades. That ridiculous story where they said that the IDF was told by Netanyahu to stand down for seven hours. Let me tell you something. I lived in Israel. I worked with the IDF. When there is a an attack or a bomb threat or or a killing or anything, the IDF is notified within minutes. And it depends where they are on location. It depends. Some IDF are 30 minutes away, an hour away, hours away, just depending where they are. But they get an automatic alert. We as the citizens that are living in Israel, I had a phone that I bought in Israel. If there's a bomb threat, if there's an attack, I get an automatic, like an Amber Alert on my phone telling me if there's a bomb coming my way, I have exactly 15 seconds mm -hmm. to get to a bomb shelter to, to be safe. If not, I will die. So the fact that, that the IDF was told to stand down is complete propaganda. The fact that Egypt, or the reporting that they said that Egypt warned Israel three days before, three weeks That's before, it. that was propaganda too. And I encourage everybody to actually listen to real live Israeli reporters. They're all over Twitter. You can go to I-24 News to get real accurate news of what's going on in Israel. Stop listening to the mainstream media. Stop watching the mainstream media. <laughs> They're going to uh, prompt Netanyahu like he's the villain. Right. Netanyahu would never in a million years kill his own people. They basically are comparing him to a to a Hamas leader. Right. Netanyahu had fought in the 1967 war. He fought in the 1973 war with his brother uh, uh, Yonatan, who died in Entebbe. I mean, this is like history here, and and for people to say that he killed his own people and that to do this on purpose to get sympathy from the world, so that he, you know, we would just fund him money, is the most disgusting thing that I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I um. I'm not one that goes off of the uh, the news networks in general, and I definitely don't like all the back page conspiratorial stuff. And and it and all too often that kind of rhetoric leaks its way into uh, mainstream news. And even if it, and that's why I call it. I mean, Trump had it right when he said fake news. Yeah. Um, it, because they will. Have you noticed the ever-alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation, from Faraday bags, earthing bed sheets, Wi-Fi router covers, 
hats, scarves, bed sanctuaries. This will not be going away anytime soon. We will continue to see only faster speeds, 6G, 7G, and more exposure to EMF than any time in our history. Start protecting yourself now. Go to RedemptionShield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code PATRIOT and save 10%. I cut out about it hypothetically. They said they're talking about things hypothetically and they'll go in the news and they'll have those hypothetical conversations where they're really detailing something wrong that somebody on the right has done or whatever. Like they, they did, they do quite often to Trump. But when it was about that laptop, about Hunter, about any of those things, that wasn't even allowed. That was Russian disinformation. This is, this is the double, this is the double standard. And we see it all the time. It's quite often. And of course, uh, BB's going to get uh, uh, some blowback from our press because him and Trump were like that. Yeah. And yeah. and and Trump, like you said, Trump was the most pro-Israel president of our lifetimes. Yep. Of our lifetime. The only one with the guts to actually follow through on mm-hmm. making uh, moving the embassy to Jerusalem and recognizing Jerusalem as the capital. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up being told that we were the land of the free, the home of the brave, and people would stand up and fight for what's right and all these things. And I just don't see it anymore. Yeah. And if and if anyone does stand up for what's right, the the powers that be immediately come just hammer, bomb, right down, just yeah. knock it out real quick, real quick. Just put that out real fast. Don't don't allow uh, people who have certain ideology, who feel certain things, believe certain things, say certain things uh, to gain any traction because they don't want any part of that movement rising above a certain level. The the Proud Boys, uh, I believe, were uh, suffered as a result of that. And so did um, a group in the Northwest ran by a guy named uh, Joey Gibson called Patriot Prayer uh, fell uh, victim to that kind of mentality by by the uh, by the press. Uh, mm-hmm. Because all too often, the first thing they do is they term you racist. Right. And that's usually when you know you've won the argument. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're talking to a leftist, you're a racist. Oh, we won. Yes. You know, that's essentially how I react. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they, they, These guys, um, first of all, they call them white supremacists and neither were white. Um, these are the same people who turn Ben Shapiro to be a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> just, no, no. It makes no sense. They don't it's- know. What they're talking about, <laughs> it's absolutely ludicrous. Ludicrous, yeah. And a lot so of- what's next for you? Uh, we had a couple of rallies in Dundalk and Baltimore and that sort of thing. Is Do we have anything coming up? Uh, well, I I was at, I spoke at a rally in Baltimore City. Um, that was uh, yesterday. That was, that had, um, a, it was reported that there was a crowd of a thousand people there. Um, mm-hmm. so a really big rally that they did in Baltimore City of all places. Where, where was that at? Because, you know, that was, at, that was at, um, Penn Station. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> that is a place, uh, we call, uh, uh, St. Off of St. Paul Street, uh, further up, uh, for Mount Vernon, past yep. Mount Vernon in that area. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's, I'll be honest, it's not the safest of areas, but we did have a lot of police there and it, there was a lot of people there, you know, um, rooting for, you know, Israel. My my only issue with that rally is, you know, they, they told a lot of the speakers not to go political, but yet they had a chance saying, 
we thank Biden and Biden thanks us and we and Biden loves Israel and Israel loves Biden, which is not true. (laughs) Biden does not love Israel. Right. And I'm like, they told us not to go political, but yet, you know, they praised Biden. Now, if God forbid somebody would have brought Trump's name up there, oh, my God, it would have been like hell, you know, um, uh, uh, hell on water. And and that, you know, that kind of was a little a lot of people were kind of annoyed with that. Um, but 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 it was nice to see, you know, thousands of Jews come together, you know, in support of Israel and and condemning Hamas. And, and these and the majority were Democratic elected officials. And I'm mm-hmm. saying, you know, these Democratic elected officials, they voted for Biden. They voted for the very uh, far left um, socialist governor here, Wes Moore, um, mm-hmm. who um, works with Obama and Oprah Winfrey. Um, and that's how he got in. He came. He's another one who mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. Um, and you know, they all voted for, uh, the very far left, um, mayor here, Brandon Scott in, in Baltimore city, he's very far left and mm-hmm. he, he called for the defunding of the police. So I, I'm just like, you oh, would not want to live in that city defunded by the police. Let me tell you. And, and I lived there for the first yeah. 18 years of my life. If, if it were, I mean, and <laughs> it was, it was, it was terrible. I remember getting out of school, uh, you know, in midday because they, and got when there were going to be shootings. Um, right. I was I was approximately 14 years old when I witnessed my best friend in the world at that time get shot in his chest two times on the corner of Schroeder and in, in uh, Lombard Street. That that place. Uh, my my sister on the way to school on two different occasions throughout our time growing up has found people dead. That that city is so much worse than what anyone realizes. <laughs> It is. It's, it's, it's it, well, D.C. is very high crime, but Baltimore City is extremely high crime. And that has to do with the leadership that's there. And, you know, I it's going to be very I mean, I'm being optimistic, not optimistic. I mean, realistic here. It's very hard to get um, Democrats out of there because well, it is because you have only about seven to eight percent of the people that live in the city actually pay taxes. Yeah. And that's a true stat. Yeah, that's, that's an actual stat. Yep. You have about 92% of the people that live in the city yep. that receive some type of an entitlement program. Yep. And I would say in my neighborhood growing up, you had anywhere from three to four out of 10 houses uh, inside that was somebody in that family that was addicted to heroin. Yep. Heroin what? has ravaged that yep. community. Oh, yeah. So it's a lot worse than what anyone wants to say. And they, and they continually think, well, the government should do something. That's one of the worst sentences in the entire English language. The government should do something. I know it's, Um, they've created this mess by doing something. But I, but it's funny because when I I put together a very uh, good rally in um, Frederick County with um, my friend, my friend, uh, Fred Profiter and Seth Eisenberg and, and they, and they run the Frederick uh, County conservative club. But we encouraged everybody to come, whether you're an independent, Democrat, Republican, you know, because this is a this, this should not be a partisan issue. This should be a bipartisan issue. Right and wrong need to trump right and left. Right. Exactly. And, and also one of the biggest things we said in our rallies, we didn't want to go political. We said no political speeches because we wanted the focus to be about Israel. And everybody honored that. Everybody mm-hmm. honored that. We have people that are running for office. But everybody honored that. And, and that, you know, that's what it should be about. And, and we, you know, I encourage, you know, we, we need, I would say we not, well, 
like I said earlier, I have a lot of friends and family live in Israel. They are sick and tired of seeing these pro-Hamas rallies. They want to know what, what Americans are doing for them. They want to know how the Americans are standing up and supporting them. So, you know, that's kind of like I, I took the charge to do a lot of these rallies uh, for Israel and supporting them because my friends and family want to see that. They're, they want to see the pro-Israel rallies. They want to see the pro-Israel events. Um, so I've reached out to people. On so you, you lost a lot you just for a second there uh so for the last five seconds or so what what oh. were you saying no i was just saying i i you know uh, my friends and family live in israel they want to see pro-israel rallies and pro-israel events they want to know mm -hmm. that america is standing with them and 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 supporting them so i've reached out to Mont people uh that i know in yes is the answer tired in montgomery county to to do a rally i've reached out to people in Arundel county my goal is to do rallies and events um all over the state and nationwide um, in support of Israel, and also to give money to the the IDF and and to support Israel. I'm getting a lot of blowback from people. Well, I don't want to give money to fund a war. It, it, they don't. I do. Not the same as Ukraine. This is so different. And yeah. and, and we're you're helping your ally Israel. The friends of the IDF. The, these are American Israelis. They have dual mm -hmm. citizenship and they're serving in the IDF. And you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to bring the hostages home. They're trying to bring American hostages home. So yeah, I'm going to give a hundred dollars of my money. Let, let me tell home. people who they're, who they're cheering for. Let me tell people who these pro Hamas, pro Palestinian people, these are the people that cheered after nine 11. Correct. The, these are these are these are not your friends. They don't Correct. care about you. They don't like your country. They cheer death to America. They do it on our own college campuses. This is what this is why I say like you're cheering for your own demise because you think it's stylish and it's cool and you get virtue signaling points. Wake the hell up! Yeah. If if you had people that were firing rockets across the border of the United States and your children were getting kidnapped and killed and there were a people over there that swore that we're going to kill Americans no matter where they are, anywhere in the world, for no other reason than the fact that you're American, we wouldn't be saying the same damn thing. We would be reacting the same way. And what Netanyahu's doing by saying, no, we're going to end this. No ceasefire. We're going to end this. This has got to stop. Why I'm 100% in his court. I can give you a direct quote from him. So he said directly, we have two goals for this war, to eliminate Hamas by destroying its military and governing abilities and to do everything possible to bring our captives home. That is the mission in Israel right now, to annihilate the enemy once and for all and to bring hostages home. And you don't want to give money to that? You don't want to support that? That's a bad thing? That's giving money to a war? No, that's bringing your people home. That's right. That's you know? Right. Yeah. And, and we've always been close allies. Israel and America have always been the closest of allies. And as far as I'm concerned, you are my people. Yeah. That's that's the way that I see it. And anyone in this country that is a person of faith should feel exactly the same way. Thank you. And, and it, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. But also, no. I was going to say, you know, Netanyahu never ever puts American troops on Israeli soil for them to die. He doesn't want American troops dying on Israeli soil. So that's why there's 5,000 US troops in Northern Gaza right now. That's where they are. They're not in Israel right now. They're not dying in Israel because that's because that's not who has the IDF. The IDF mm -hmm. is trained if God forbid something happens to them. But, but Netanyahu never 
puts is uh, American troops in harm's way. That's the difference between Netanyahu and Zelensky. Zelensky is telling all the American troops, "Come over here, we need you." you Zelensky's you a grifter. Yeah, we, we, you may die, but we need you. And then he he goes to the halls of Congress and he demands that we give him money. Netanyahu has never done that. The president of Israel has never done that. Netanyahu has never demanded money from the United States. He's never, you know, begged the United States for money. That's not what he does. It's not what Israel has ever done. And if and people didn't don't see the difference, the contrast between these two conflicts, first of all, they lied to us and about the Ukrainian conflict, and they continually told us that they were winning the war and more Russians were dying and all these types of things. And then that those classified documents leaked. To that kid uh, that put him on Discord and they arrested him. We haven't, I haven't even heard his name in the news since. Right. Um, but it, when it, we know now that that's not true, it's it, it's an extreme lie. I mean, hundreds of Ukrainians were dying daily, and uh, it, there you don't see anyone yelling for a ceasefire. There you don't see anyone coming to the table or, or trying to bring Putin and Zelensky to the table. You don't. No one's talking like that. All there's bad Russia, bad Russia, bad Russia. That's that's all they're saying. But in a, in as in as much as uh, uh, Putin may be a warmonger and maybe all of those things, a murderer, cold blooded, whatever the hell else they say about him, um, I, I would I I, I uh, challenge anyone to tell me how Zelensky's different. Just tell me what the difference is between the two guys. They they become president. They they arrest their political opposition. They shut down the media in their respective places, their countries. Uh, they they don't allow people to worship in, in the way they want. They prescribe exactly how that is allowed uh, to take place. Um, I, I, I don't get the difference. When the people in the Donbass region uh, who are separatists didn't believe themselves to be Ukrainian, the the line after the, uh, after the Soviet Union fell was kind of put there, and they're like, they that that's not what we want to be that i mean that's a well-known fact um and so they had clashes with the ukrainian military this is part of the reason why putin went in the way he did and we also made big agreements with uh uh, uh russia when it became when it came to nato uh and in and, and ukraine hey we won't bring nato one step closer uh to your country and since then we we did everything we said we wouldn't do. We put a missile we put a missile defense system in Poland. We uh, moved more than a thousand miles closer in the Ukraine. And now we're talking about making Ukraine a member. This is all things that we said we wouldn't do. Would we like it? Hell, wh remember what happened when they tried to put missiles in Cuba? John John Kennedy said, "Turn it around, or I'll turn it into a parking lot." Mm -hmm. And they turned it around real quick. People need to put this in perspective. I'm not taking up for the guy. I'm not saying that he's not a bad guy. He's obviously a bad guy. History proves that. But just because one is true doesn't make the other one not true, right? right. So they, they need to understand supporting one monster in the place of another monster isn't solving anything. And it's just costing United States billions and billions of dollars uh, right. to fight a proxy war that has nothing to do with us. Right. And I think what's really sick is that, you know, 1400 innocent Israelis were murdered. But yet, you know, Biden was putting a package together to give Ukraine and Russia or sorry, not Russia Ukraine, and Palestine. Oh, right. And Palestine. Uh, well, hundred million dollars. Right. hundred million dollars. And then how, and then he was only going to give 10 million dollars to Israel. 
And I'm like, where's the balance of power there? Where, where's the fairness there? And then what he wanted to do is he wanted to lump the Ukraine package with the Israel package. That's sure enough. And that's, that's no, that is, that, that, that is asinine. That is not how you govern. And I applaud the, um, the Republican, uh, the House Freedom Caucus uh, for saying, no, no, you know, we need no more money needs to go to Ukraine right now. We need to focus on our ally Israel. We need to get our hostages out of there because we don't want a World War III. And that's, exactly. people, that, that's where the focus should be. Well, I feel like a lot of the people in the Middle East are looking for an excuse to enter this conflict. Obviously, Hezbollah has stepped up. It's rhetoric and, and has entered this uh, war, whether or not we want to, you know, we're we're going to face it or not. Well, that's because um, that's what Iran does. Iran is the um, the puppet master in all mm-hmm. of that. They really that, that's are. exactly right. They really they, are. And, and, and then you have Turkey, oh. Erdogan uh, 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 dialing up his rhetoric. Yeah. Uh, and 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 and, and there were even veiled threats made from uh, Egypt. So, you know, these were the guys that said that they warned uh, Israel ahead of time, like they had a dog in the fight and they were on Israel's side. But now that all this fighting has started and they're talking about going into Gaza and they made little, you know, veil threats as well. And now you have Iran just coming out and saying, uh, we don't really care about the United States. They're weak. They, yeah. they, what they're going to do, fight everybody. I mean, <laughs> this is this is how weak this president is. This mm-hmm. is this is this is the image our president is so weak. Haitians ran up to our border and planted a flag last month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it just goes to tell you, tell you exactly how the United States is now. It's like we've fallen from grace. We're the biggest bullies on the block and our president and this administration wants us to run around with both arms tied around uh, behind our back <laughs> and make everyone less safe, less safe. Everybody and, and not live by the rule of law. And, and, yeah. I was going to go back on your earlier point with the border. Um, you know, by, when Biden uh, took over, you know, we told everybody, come on in, we'll take care of you. Um, and, and, and people came in, the, these, these illegals came in with COVID and they gave them hydroxychloroquine. They gave them <laughs> ivermectin. They gave him Here, let me show you a little something. Yeah, they gave him $450,000 uh, per illegal that came in here and they gave them um, uh, money for airfare. I mean, they treated them like they were legal citizens. Get this book. If you haven't gotten this. Oh, book. I don't know. I don't have that book. So this is Dr. Scott Jensen. And uh, we had a long talk at the reawaken tour, mm. by the way, for those of you who don't know, and if you're in the California region or in the West coast and close enough to get there, December 20th, uh, the Clay Clark is going to be doing a rounding up the last of the reawakened tour there. And this is going to feature people like Donald Trump Jr., uh, General Flynn and uh, Cash Patel and others that are that that are that speak there, along with uh, Scott Jensen and uh, Wayne Allen Root. Uh, just a lot of really uh, smart people, a lot of people that are really in the know. Um, and yes, you're exactly right. So. Um, and, and I'll say, I'll say this, I want to preface this because of the social media gods out there that would love to censor what I'm about to say. So I'm going to say this, uh, as it was reported, as it stated, right, this is, this is what was reported, not my opinion. Um, but there, there's now therapeutics that are out there that help treat COVID, uh, before there wasn't right. You only had the either vaccine or no vaccine. And that was pretty much it. Uh, hydrochloroquine and uh, uh, 
and uh, uh, what's the other one? Ivermectin and. All right, there it is. So oh. ivermectin, ivermectin um, and others, they 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 treated these drugs as if they were even to bring them up was like voodoo science. Right. Um, but then they came out with their own therapeutic called Paxlovid. Oh, I know. I never took it. I, I read the side effects. It was just, oh, my God. But it, two of the main ingredients in Paxlovid, for anyone who wants to pick up the ingredients and take a look, you can go and and, and type it in yourself. This is not conspiratorial. It's hydrochloroquine and ivermectin. Imagine that. They told you it didn't work. They told you not to take it. They but told Pax you all these things until. Bad, yeah, but Paxlovin had a lot of bad side effects. That was one of the reasons why I never took it. Um, I, I took ivermectin prophylactically for two years. So when COVID first hit, I, I got involved with the American Frontline Doctors, with Dr. Simone Gold and, and, and that whole organization, mm -hmm. and got my ivermectin right away. And I didn't have COVID for two years. I keep it on hand. Um, and okay. it, the, the, the idea behind it is, is very simple. Um, you know, we, we have a right to try. I mean, it, we're, we're a free country. And, and those of the people in the audience want to go get that shot, please it's do. Go, go ahead. Look, but I'm going to quote, it's the constitution, but my, my, my colleague, Tim Faisenbaker, um, that I talked about early in this program, he always says this and, it, and it's from the constitution, but it's true. You have the God given right to do whatever you want with your life, provided you do not take that right away from the other, from another. That's right. That's, That's right. So if you want to wear a mask, yep, please do. If you want to go outside right. dressed up in four Barney, you have that God given right. That's but right. Act like a, a dictator, and you break the constitution, and you, and you mandate people to wear a mask and mandate people to take the vaccine. Guess what? That goes against your God-given right. And it just it threw up all kind of rags to me out here in 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 Nevada. We have a very liberal law when it comes to marijuana and things mm -hmm. like that. And they were doing things like joints for jabs and giving <laughs> away Krispy Kreme donuts and yeah. all kinds of stuff. And I'm just like. Yeah, think about That's that. Weird, man. Yeah, they were giving you Here's accounts. They were giving you, excuse me, better jobs. Like I remember my friends were looking for jobs and they said, Well, if um you can be a, a senior account executive and make a hundred grand a year, but you gotta get two or three jabs. That's not <laughs> right. No jab, well, no job. My wife got vaccinated and she's in the medical field. And so um after her second shot, after the about a couple of days later, about six or the sixth and seventh day, um, her head, the pressure built up in her head. Her ears felt like she said she was up at 10,000 feet. You know how your ears pop, you know, they get that feeling. Um, mm -hmm. one of, one of her ears popped, the other one didn't. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as a result, now she's deaf in her right ear and this is a vaccine injury. Oh my this goodness. is, this is a true to form vaccine injury. Um, sudden, uh, sudden brought on acute, sudden hearing loss. Oh, uh, and so now she has to get a hearing aid. And the, 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 the problem that we're running into is with the insurance companies because it was under the emergency use authorization only. So right. the job was telling her you have to get this in order to work here. The government's right. telling you it's emergency use authorization. So the insurance company was, well, you chose to be the Guinea pig, uh, cause it was emergency use authorization. So we're right. not going to cover, we're not going right. to cover your hearing aid. We're not going to cover right. the implant right. because it, you chose to do it. But right. did you, did you choose to do it or were right. you forced to do it? Anyone in and, the medical 
killed was mandated. If you worked mm-hmm. at a university, you were mandated. Students, like I'll tell you, for example, like, you know, I, I'm I'm an observant Jew and I like to go to synagogue and I wanted to be with young people and I wanted to go to synagogue at the University of Maryland, Hillel. And they said, you are not, you cannot attend the University of Maryland, Hillel, um, for for uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur services, which is one of our biggest Jewish holidays of the mm-hmm. year, unless you're vaccinated. And they wouldn't accept, and they wouldn't take uh, exceptions like medical exemption or religious exemption. And I was like, wow, wow. A church, or I say a church, synagogue wouldn't take a religious exemption. Well, well, this wasn't a synagogue. This was a university. Okay. University. Oh, this was UMBC? Yeah, this was University of Maryland. This is University of Maryland. They mandated all of their students, all of their students to be vaccinated in order to attend. That's insane. Well, if 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 you choose, uh, we had football tickets at the uh, the Raider Stadium, at Legion Stadium, and we were going to go see the Ravens uh, play the mm-hmm. the Raiders with seven hundred fifty dollars tickets. Mm-hmm. And but then we bought the tickets before the mandate was in effect, mm-hmm. and then the mandate was in effect. And I told my wife, I said, "Well, you have yours, I'm not getting mine. So you might as well sell my ticket, give it away, take someone else, do whatever you want to do, but I'm not going." <laughs> I'm not getting the, I'm not going to get the shot. Um, you know, what I saw happen to her scared the hell out of me. And when I saw that nobody was, first of all, no one was really w- willing to acknowledge it. And then he, she had this one, do- this doctor is amazing that she works with. Um, and this doctor has gone to bat for her. And it's amazing how hard the insurance companies are pushing back. Wow. It really is. It really is to me. It's, 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 it's shocking. Well, now, Found out that because back then you were not allowed to sue if mm-hmm. if the vaccine gave you problems. I think um, they've reversed that. I think they and I and I I have friends that are actually um, in lawsuits right now. Um, and I want to say I want to say to everybody though, even in light of all that, I'm telling you that this is my experience. Right. This is not my opinion on the vaccine or what you should do or not do or any of that. Right. Disclaimer. Full disclaimer. I'm just telling you that there that in this case, this is what happened. And it and it scared the hell out of me. And I, I decided for myself not to do it after that took place. Um, vaccine injuries are a thing. They happen with all sorts of vaccines. Um, and, but this in general, if you go look for yourself, the numbers are on the CDC. Don't mm-hmm. listen to Eddie's rhetoric. Go take oh. a look for yourself and see the level to which the certain uh, Gillian's bar uh, and and uh, uh, and the heart uh, the myocarditis and the increases yeah. in these things are are dramatic. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can tell your audience. You know, I I um I, I was hiking. I'm not I'm not a big hiker, and um I I pulled like the muscle in my chest, and I went to the cardiologist. You know, because I wanted to make sure I was okay, and I got like a whole EKG and everything like that, and um you know they the woman told me she says. The average age of people that are coming to the heart doctor are 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Why would a 22-year-old need to go to see a cardiologist? Why? Gee, I wonder. Because they have myocarditis. Because they're finding that they're getting all these the clogged arteries, all these issues to their heart because they took two or three of the vaccines. And they're finding it more in men. Now, my um, uh, Surgeon General in, in Florida, who's phenomenal, he, he did the data and the data showed 
that men ages 18 to 39. 39. You're talking yeah. about the Horowitz study. Yeah. You're talking, yeah. You're quoting the Horowitz study. Yeah. And that's, and that I was, was going to quote the same thing. That was thing. from Surgeon General. Everybody. Just so people realize that we're, we're, we're not here spouting conspiracy theories yeah. to you. This is a, this is a study done. It's called the Horowitz study. You can go get the numbers yourself. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the, the Patriot's prayer trying to put out propaganda. No, it's, it's not, not what I'm doing at all. This is real. So that he he so the the studies shows that that men ages eighteen to thirty nine that got the mRNA vaccine have obtained myocarditis, uh, um, uh, aneurysms, strokes, heart attacks. That that's there. That are that is the statistics. That mm-hmm. is real data. That is real data. And people called my surgeon general a conspiracy theorist that this and the that. Yeah, I, I originally heard that at first on another. Yeah, I heard that originally first on another. Yeah. And look, I'm a professional. It's not. Singer. It's it's I just it's just it's just that they're just truth, um, and, and and people need to understand that it's it's and that's why I constantly qualify those things. So that, uh, you know, you get a lot, if somebody were to watch this and come back, and I, I want them to understand that I'm not spouting conspiracy theories. Go please take a look at the Horowitz study and see that uh, we're, we're not making this stuff up. Um, yeah, I, you know, recovered from cancer and they got the vaccines and their cancer came back. My, my uncle was one of those people. So yeah, we, Nobody wants there to be anything uh, such as that that takes place. Uh, we love our family members that went and got this vaccine. And some of us encouraged them yeah. to get the vaccine because we didn't know at the time. But now enough time has passed and enough people have got it to where we do have the data. Yeah. And the only thing that I would say at this point now is that some people take to this vaccine and nothing happens. Other people have injuries or vaccine like we do with all vaccines. The only thing that I would request at this point is now that they go back, now that they have this conclusive, this hard data and find out why it affects some people one way and why another way. And then let's, then let's pull back and then move forward with a more, uh, a more scientific approach uh, to the situation which is weird. It's affecting healthy people. It's affecting um, um, uh, football players. It's affecting uh, singers. It's affecting actresses. It's affecting um, a a guy who had the Guinness Book of World Records for holding his breath underwater for like five minutes. And and now he he lost the record. He can't do it anymore. That's what scares me is it affected young, healthy people, professional athletes, professional actresses, professional actors. And that that's what kills me. And that's what people really need to wake up. Before we close out here, uh, anything else that you want to say to the audience about this, uh, maybe the perception of Israel in this conflict, who Hamas really is, maybe something about these universities and, and what they're allowing to take place. Uh, the floor is yours. Yes. So, you know, as I said before, you know, Israel is a very peaceful place. It's a very historic place. And when you go there, you feel God's presence. You actually become a more observant Jew or a more observant Christian or Muslim because of Israel. And Israel is one of the only countries that Jews and Christians and Muslims can all pray together and celebrate all the holidays together in peace. And that was one of the most beautiful things that I felt when I lived in Jerusalem. Um, because you're at the Kotel, you're at the Western Wall, and you're at the Jewish quarter, and the Muslim quarter, and the Christian quarter, and you got Hanukkah, and you have um, Christmas, and then they have the Ramadan. I mean, it's just, it's it's a really nice come together moment. Sure. And that's 
people are missing. But these Hamas militants, again, they were paid to kill. They didn't care what they didn't care who you were. They didn't care what religion you were. They didn't care if you were a guy or a girl or a baby. Their mission was to kill you. They there was oh my god there was evidence recently that they literally burned a baby in the oven in their own oven. I mean this is disgusting stuff, but it has to be said. The the Israeli coroner one of the Israeli coroners said they found this pregnant woman, this Israeli pregnant woman. She was stabbed. And what they did is they cut her unborn baby out of her womb and stabbed the baby and then shot the woman in the back twice. That's there, hate. Uh, yeah. That's that, hate. that's extreme. Hate. This is when we tell when we tell people all the time that racism does not really exist like that in the United States, like real racism. Mm -hmm. Um, that's real racism. What you're describing right now, that is true racism. Yeah. And they and there was one story where they raped a woman so bad that they broke her pelvis. Uh, real stories is while the women were getting raped, they were watching their children get murdered right in front of them. Um, I mean, these are real stories. Like, and they they really beheaded babies. I know people said that that was a conspiracy theory. No, they not only was it, they did it with shovels. Yes, I also heard this heinous story from the from the NSC that the parents were tied up and they were watching their they were the Hamas militants were actually cutting the organs out of their babies right in front of them before they killed them. Um, I mean, this is like real stuff. I mean, yeah. would you want a ceasefire? <laughs> uh, no. no, no. And nope. again, you know, and, and, and do me one, one more, I got one more question for you, Alexandra, and please clear this up for me because people say this all too often and they, they say there's a difference between uh, the Palestinian people and Hamas. I see a giant gray area and it, correct me if I'm wrong. I could be completely wrong, but when Israel told everyone in that area to leave, we're coming. And they didn't. And a very small amount of people I heard tried to leave and some were stopped the main road. Hamas wouldn't let some of them leave. Uh, how much, how many would you say, just from what you hear, people you know, uh, how many people in Palestine would you say that you would separate from Hamas or that may be able to coexist with you? Any of that. Would you say that they're separate, that they're innocent people there? Um Please shed some light on that for me, please. Um, I'll, I'm just going to go based on election results. That's all I'm going to go by, just election results. The Palestinian people had the opportunity to either vote for the PLO, to vote for, for Fatah, for Mahmoud Abbas, or to vote for Hamas, this terrorist organization. The majority of the Palestinian people voted, and their elections are not rigged, they voted for Hamas. No wow. They actually voted for Hamas. They voted for Hamas. And also, there, there's an interesting, you know, we have to understand, or, we, or not understand, we have to realize, why doesn't Egypt want the 2 million Palestinian people? Mm. Why does Jordan, you know, why doesn't um, uh, Syria, why doesn't Saudi Arabia, why doesn't anybody want to take them? You know, why would they? Why would they take them? I mean, look at the UK. Did you see the streets of the UK flooded with these pro-Palestinian? I mean, yeah. there was amazing amounts of people. They could have filled up ten stadiums from the the pictures that I saw, and that didn't exist like that twenty right. years, thirty years ago but, in UK. Right, but again, these Palestinians that lived in Gaza, they had the opportunity if they wanted to to obtain citizenship in Israel, to to permanently live in Israel. They had that opportunity if they wanted to. If they really you know, wanted a peaceful life. And if they didn't support Hamas. Yeah. All right. Understand. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was at with it. And I, I feel the same way. I feel like if you're still there, if you really don't stand with them, then revolt. Fight them, too. Well, and, I think what yeah, I was going to say, I, I think what the, the strategy is, is that Mahmoud Abbas takes back that land like it was like he was like I think I, I said this early in the program that he that we want we, we kind of want to. Um, take the land back to where it was in 2009, I mean, sorry, 2005, before Hamas took over. So now this is Mahmoud Abbas's opportunity to take the land and, for, and, and, and make it for his, for his people, for the 2 million people that are, that, are, that are there. The other option that a lot of Israelis, a lot of my Jewish friends are saying is that Israel should just take the land back. Well, let me ask you this, but and this will be the... Take the land back. The real final question. I, I and okay, what do you see as the outcome of this? What is the what what outcome do you think the Israelis want? What do you want to see? I mean, what happens after the, this? The outcome that the Israelis want is to wipe out all of these terrorists, to wipe out Hamas, to wipe out Hezbollah, to wipe out I, anybody that you know uh, calls death to Jews, death to Israel. Just get rid of them once and for They're all. They're saying death to America right alongside that, yeah. so people understand. And once they get rid of the enemy. And then they want to do what they call a 10-year cooling, a 10-year cooling of peace, where they can really plot and plan how they're, how, what the next steps are going to be. Because eventually, I know this, the Israelis want to take back the West Bank. Mm-hmm. They, they want it back. Me as a Jew, I can't go to Judea and Samaria now because there are so many illegal Palestinians that live there. They're illegal Palestinians. They took over that land. They're illegal. It is Israeli land, but they live there illegally. And they hate the Israelis. That's where Rashida Talib's family lives and her horrible anti-Semitic brothers. They live in the West Bank. Well, did you know that the people that she had with her just recently down at the Capitol, the ones that went into the Capitol building and trespassed and did what they did, um, that Marjorie Taylor Greene's people said they got pictures of their cell phones as they were texting out. And there were references to Antifada on the yep. telephone, on the yep. cell phones. So uh, do, you, do you know this term Antifada? Yeah, of course. Can you explain it to people? Oh, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say global jihad, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's I a mean, jihad. Yeah, it's jihad. Uh, but I, I mean, I was just going to say it, they're terrorists. I mean, it's it's, it's it's it's. So I just wanted to put that in context for people who don't understand. Rashida Tlaib got a group of people together at the Capitol who Correct. trespassed into the. She gave a very inciting speech. Right, an, an actual insight, not one like Trump those, did, where he said peacefully. Right. Those were insurrectionists. Those are those were true insurrectionists that are actually in, in, in calling for an antifada while taking over our capital. Right. I mean, you cannot get more terrorist than but, that, on, more seditionist. Take that a step further. That was capital takeover a day with the pro-Palestinian groups because I was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, with uh, State Senator Doug Mastriano. Um, I gave a speech there and he um, gave his speech about his resolution that he signed to condemn uh, Hamas and support Israel. That day also care was there. So Mm -hmm. not only was the capital of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, was affected by care pro-Palestinian protesters. Our capital was every I found out this. Every single state capital that day, October 18th, had care or pro-Palestinian pro-Hamas people in there. They plotted and planned for that specific day to do that. Wow. I I didn't know that, but I'm going to take a look at that now. 
Well, I thank you so much for taking the time to come hang out with me, Alexandra. I know we were trying to, both of us are very busy and, 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 uh, I, I just, I, you don't even understand how, how, how grateful I am that you would and, uh, definitely set up, uh, the time for me to, to, to talk with your friend. I would love to talk to someone in a, in a legislature in Maryland. Um, I have, you know, a, a lot of love for the place where my roots are, where I grew up. And, uh, so it would be very interesting, uh, for me to have a conversation, uh, with him. Uh, so I'm, I'm making this declaration right here, hoping that he sees this. So, uh, yeah, we would love to do it. Um, any last words before you get out of here before I sign off? Um, I'm going to say it in Hebrew, Am Yisrael Chai, which means the people of Israel live and Shalom Aleichem, peace unto you. There it is. And as usual, patriots, the silent majority, you need to stop being silent and stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer Podcast. You have a great day. My people of this country and we're under it.